Hello and welcome to Headroom, curious conversations for leaders in education. I'm your host Richard Reid and today we're taking a global perspective on coaching and education and I'm genuinely excited to be joined by Christian van Neuerberg. Christian is a UK-based executive coach, academic, consultant and author. He is executive director of Growth Coaching International, a Sydney-based global coach training provider for the education sector and Professor of Coaching and Positive Psychology at the University of East London in the UK. As an author, he is best known for an introduction to coaching skills, a practical guide now in its third edition in 2021. Christian, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Richard. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to be invited to, to speak at this and very much looking forward to the conversation too. Christian, you are currently the Executive Director of Growth Coaching International. Um, To provide us with a bit of context, I suppose, can you share with us a little of your journey up to this point? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Richard. So um, let let me go back to when I first moved to England. That was about 25 years ago. I moved here from Lebanon. And uh, once I moved to to the UK, I realized that it was possible to work in the public sector. And I'd always been passionate about education. Um, I I started out as a teacher uh, in Lebanon. So eventually I got to working for local education authorities uh, in England. I worked for Warwickshire County Council and then Essex County Council. And um, during that time, uh, I was uh, involved in supporting the professional development and learning of uh, educators. And uh, through that process, um, uh, I I start, you know, you're talking about curious conversations here. My curiosity was, how do we make sure those one day courses, those training days are actually implemented or that they actually make a difference in schools. So, because what we were finding is, although the training programs we we delivered uh, used to be highly evaluated, uh, when I got back in touch with uh, educators about a year after they've take they'd taken the courses, many of them said, you know, we had the best intentions of actually implementing some of this or changing our practices, but we got back to school. You're probably familiar with this. <laughs> yes. um, and, and it wasn't having the impact. And that's when I started scouting around and came across uh, the idea of coaching uh, yes. initially as a way of implementing professional development. Okay. Okay. And, and then uh, uh, by becoming more interested in that, um, I started delivering some of that work, coaching uh, aspiring school leaders and head teachers and principals for uh, local authorities before going to university where I started doing research. So I went to teach at a university, that's the University of East London, and I set up the first coaching and education module as part of a postgraduate program, the Masters of Coaching Psychology. And through that, I got in touch with some of the people who really uh, still influence me today. That's John Campbell, who's the founding director of Growth Coaching International, Dr. Susie Green in Australia, um, uh, Dr. Jim Knight in, in the U.S., 
and yes. Professor Rachel Lofthouse here in England. So that was the start of it. I became director of research initially for Growth Coaching International, but I just loved the work they did. I loved the ethos they had. And so got closer and closer to that organization. And about two years ago, uh, was invited to become the executive uh, director of GCI. Okay, fantastic. Okay, can you give us just an overview of what GCI does then, Christian? Yeah, um, it was established originally in Sydney, Australia, but now um, very quickly from about uh, 15 years ago, um, it became the, the leading coach training provider for the education sector across all of Australia and New Zealand. And uh, in the last three, four years, we've gone global. So now GCI courses are available all over the world. And basically, we deliver uh, coach training for educators and educational leaders. We deliver consultancy about how to implement coaching in our educational organizations. And we offer coaching for uh, educators and educational leaders. Okay, sounds very interesting. At Growth Coaching, you talk about, uh, I suppose, essentially the training courses. You use the global framework for coaching and, and mentoring as part of your coach training courses. Can you give us just a bit of an overview of those four main areas within the framework? That's, uh, thank you for uh, asking that question. This is something I do enjoy talking about. And <laughs> I just want to go back one step to say that the need for this emerged um, as uh, we were working globally. So as I mentioned, we work closely with Jim Knight in the US. We work closely with Professor Rachel Lofthouse at Leeds Beckett University, and of course, very closely with uh, colleagues in Australia. And yes. what, what we realized was that there was excellent practice going on all over the world, but mm -hmm. really that we weren't communicating with one another sufficiently. We weren't learning from one another sufficiently. So that's when we came up with the idea for a global framework. And the idea behind this global framework, Richard, was that it should be inclusive. Yes. It shouldn't be saying this method is better than that one, but it's trying to identify where is their good practice. And one of the key questions was, where is their good practice that's supported by research and evidence? So that was the starting point. And, mm -hmm. you know, with this glo uh, global framework, we call it a playing field because it's yes. uh, invitational. It's got four uh, quadrants, if you like. Uh, and each of these quadrants are areas where coaching can be and is already being used in educational settings uh, and uh, delivering good outcomes. So the yes. first quadrant is educational leadership. So we're arguing that one of the ways coaching can be used to make a difference in educational settings is by using it to support educational leaders, either through providing the idea of providing executive type coaching for school leaders mm -hmm. or else um, training school leaders uh, in coaching skills or how to adopt a coaching approach. We, and the other, another quadrant is called professional practice. And initially, it was called teaching practice, but we wanted to be a little bit more inclusive than that. So oh. we're talking about the professional practice of educators, classroom assistants, or all staff in, yes. in schools. And the idea is 
what can we do to enhance um, the uh, professional practice of those professionals? So examples are peer coaching, setting up peer coaching. But again, coach training is helpful using a coaching approach. So there's a number of interventions there. Uh, a lot of uh, Jim Knight's work, instructional coaching, is specifically about improving uh, teaching practice in the classroom, for example. Yes. Now, the third area, I shouldn't have favorites, but I do, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite, which is student success and well-being. And what okay. we're seeing here is that coaching can be used directly with students. So we've run projects where we've uh, we train students to coach one another, primarily secondary students, but we yes. have done work even in primary schools where we provide uh, uh, younger children with coaching-related skills that they can practice with one another. For example, being better at listening to one another, being better at giving each other feedback, uh, to, to yes. name a few examples. And then the, the fourth quadrant, which uh, is also in contention for being one of my favorites, but mm -hmm. it's it's a bit, it's relatively less researched, Richard. So I'm a bit cautious okay. about this one, but it is about using coaching to strengthen links between the educational institution and its community. We call it community engagement. And yes. thinking about how can coaching be, be used to strengthen that relationship and For example, the kinds of things that have been happening are, you know, briefings or updates to parents about coaching initiatives in the school, but it could go to, towards giving uh, parents coaching skills training or even recruiting parents and members of the community to provide coaching or mentoring for staff or for students. So those are the four quadrants. And what we're saying here are four areas where coaching can have an impact that there's a little bit of research to support. Uh, the final thing I want to say, Richard, it mm -hmm. is again a little bit controversial because right in the heart of this, we're saying that the, the end result of all of these initiatives should be student success and well-being. So that's a good okay. test of any of the coaching in initiatives that are happening in, happening in any of those quadrants. I would argue that if they're not leading to better outcomes for students, then they're not working. And I'm saying it's controversial because uh, educators and educational leaders listening to this podcast might say, well, what about the success and well-being of educators and leaders? Yes. For, for us, that's implied, Richard. You know, mm -hmm. that is essential. That's a key uh, necessity we really need to look after the well-being of staff and leadership uh, in educational organizations so that we can deliver what we believe education is all about, which is better outcomes for students and learners. Super. It's, it's, it's really useful just to see those four areas and, 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 and thank to, thanks to you to, for explaining those areas because I think sometimes we we can get caught up maybe just in the educational leadership side of things and mm -hmm. uh, maybe as leaders um but to to look at the, the the four areas separately and then see how they're joined together and ultimately as you say the ultimate test is student success 
and well-being. So a school that essentially tries to establish or develop a coaching culture, you know, a number of years down the line, we should then be seeing, you know, improvements in, in student success and uh, and well-being. In, in our first three episodes, um, Christian, we, we've looked at coaching and education at a very much a local level. Mm-hmm. Um, in your role with Growth Coaching International, obviously you bring, as you've said already, a global perspective mm-hmm. to our conversation and that idea where um, people who have researched uh, this area around the world are starting to share what they they find which I think is really useful from which corners of the world Christian so far have you seen the most developed coaching cultures in schools well Richard um this is a a great question there was a a real uh peak in uh, in the United Kingdom about uh maybe 15 years ago there was a real surge of interest in uh coaching and education so I think a lot of the research, a lot of the initial thinking, a lot of the drive for coaching and education, and maybe the place that uh, kind of identified coaching and education almost as a separate area of study is probably the United Kingdom. So there was a lot of research and an initial surge and support from departments uh, at at a certain point uh, in the early 2000s. So um, there's a lot of excellent work coming out of the United Kingdom. Now, if we look to the United States, um, this the idea of instructional coaching, very well uh, received, very well embedded across probably, you know, across the whole of the United States. Uh, and instructional coaching brings us a very clear focus on improving teaching practice with the idea that if you have a good class, a good teacher in every classroom, you're going to get the kind of outcomes that we want. So I would point to the U.S. for a lot of that work about how to improve teaching practice through coaching. Now, if we go to Australia, where GCI is based, I would think there's some really outstanding and innovative practice across Australia. And, and perhaps in Australia, there has been uh, a lot of work on providing support for leaders. So if we're looking for what uh, excellent practice is there about supporting leadership or leaders in schools, I would say Australia is probably leading. Another area where Australia is leading is the integration of positive psychology into uh, uh, alongside coaching in educational settings. So excellent work happening out there. And I mentioned Dr. Susie Green earlier, she was one of those who's been championing the integration of coaching and positive psychology in schools. And then in New Zealand, we're seeing um, excellent practice around um, uh, two things, student coaching. So that idea of students coaching students, some of the best practice I've seen uh, has been in New Zealand. And if I may, I'd love to share a little anecdote about that in a minute. And the second one is about um, being culturally sensitive. And um, uh, I've seen some excellent work coming out both from the the United States around that, but also New Zealand. So there there is excellent practice everywhere. And I'm I'm only talking about the English-speaking countries where I've spent the most time. And I want to acknowledge that there's excellent practice going on globally. And it's it's my great pleasure to hear about uh, when coaching is being incredibly powerful, 
And um, I think we need both things, Richard. We really need yes. schools that are doing innovative things to shout about it, to, you know, let's not be humble about these. <laughs> let's go out and say, we're using coaching and it's working for us. Not saying it's going to work for everyone, but just that giving ex- case studies and examples of where, where it's working. We need those. And alongside that, we need more research into what is making these interventions effective. But if I could go on to that little anecdote, Richard. Um, sure. I was at a, a, a conference out uh, in uh, Auckland where um, uh, our uh, partner organization, Growth Coaching New Zealand, uh, had uh, organized this conference and they do quite a bit of delivery of the Student Coaching Students Programme and uh, at this conference, they invited along uh, young uh, students, uh, you know, maybe 11, 12-year-old students yes. uh, along to the conference to demonstrate their coaching skills. And what, what happened was one of these students from, uh, went to each conference table, and the conference tables were full of school leaders mostly, they actually demonstrated coaching. They they looked for a volunteer and they these young people actually coached school leaders in front of a, a, a you know a room full of school, school leaders. It was so powerful and so moving. And then when I spoke to one of these young students afterwards and I said, you know, what did you get out of the coach training? Uh, and she said, I think I'm a better friend now. And and I just thought and, and this is feedback we get all over the world and not just with students, Richard. Yes. Which training has an impact on people's professional conversations and relationships, but also personal conversations and relationships. Super, super. I suppose when you when you share that anecdote about the, the students actually demonstrating coaching um, and then talking to them about the, the impact it has had on them, there's there's the perfect example of, of student success and well-being. So obviously, you know, a culture has been well embedded wherever they are, whatever that school is. Uh, and the outcome is, is quite clear as to the, the benefits of the whole the whole process. To conclude our conversation today, Christian, can you share with us something of the vision Growth Coaching International has moving forward into 2021 and beyond? Yeah, uh, our vision is really about supporting schools. So if we're able to do that better, I think that's that's the key uh, uh, thing that we're all working towards. And, you know, what does better mean for our, from our point of view? The tangible thing, Richard, is the quality of conversations. We really think that coaching skills training it leads to better conversations. And yes. we think because, as you know, Richard, schools, you know, how many conversations happen every day in every school? We yes. think improving the quality of each conversation will lead to better relationships and we think better relationships end up leading to better outcomes for everyone. So that's our vision, is to support schools to have even better conversations than they're currently having. What does that look like for us as a, because GCI is a, a business, what does it look like for us? Well, our, our hope is that anyone anywhere in the world will have access to GCI training in English uh, and that's already available. All, uh, all of our kind of foundational key courses are now available online. 
But in addition to that, we'd like to have the capability of delivering in-person, face-to-face training in every English-speaking country in the world. And so that's our vision for 2022. We've we've still got a couple of years there. Um, But, you know, what we talk about within our organization is how will we know when we're having the kind of impact that that we'd like is that anytime uh, an educational organization is thinking about coaching and education, if educators think, well, you know, one of the people we just want to check in with, one of the, the organizations we need to connect with is Growth Coaching International, then that's what we're aiming for, Richard. Fantastic. Christian, it has genuinely been a pleasure to have this conversation with you today on our Headroom podcast, especially given the demands on your time. I am very grateful to you for joining us. Well, Richard, if I might just say, add one thing. Uh, sure. What we're really aiming for is educators adopting a particular way of being, you know, of being generous, of being curious, of being uh, um, having good intentions, believing in others. And I just wanted to acknowledge that uh, all the conversations I've had with you, Richard, have been like that. And I just wanted to thank you for uh, the work that you do and for setting up this podcast because it's got a clear intention, which is about providing headroom, to use your phrase, <laughs> for school leaders. And at this time, more than any other, it's so important for us to support school leaders to have that headroom during very, very busy, very stressful times. So I just wanted to acknowledge everything you're doing for this field as well, Richard. So thank you very much. No problem. Thank you very much for that, Christian. Much appreciated. For our listeners, only three episodes ago, Nicola Lina from Leo and Edgy was recommending books written by Christian. And here he is talking to us in person today. So I would encourage you, the listener, as a leader in education, to check out some of Christian's books and get curious about moving coaching forward in your school.